Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Joe Pavlansky, pop culture historian, writer for Scary Monsters Magazine, and curator of the Crypt of Classics. With me, as always, is the maestro of mail-order mysteries and owner of houseoftheunusuals.com, the intrepid Eddie Guevara. Tonight's special guest is a biologist, comic book fan, and artist. He goes by the name Cab Cabra. Cab, how's it going, buddy? Not too bad. Good. Hey, um, I hope I didn't butcher your last name too bad. I know with my my long Slovak last name, I get it butchered all the time. But um, you just want to introduce yourself real quick and um, tell everybody what you're about and, and some of the work that, that you've done. Well, I'm a guy who's been reading comics and drawing all his life. I'm 62 years old, and I've learned that you just really cannot break into the comic industry. I've drawn so many comics. I've had a couple graphic novels published, but you just cannot break into Marvel, DC, none of that. In fact, when young artists ask me, how do you become a comic artist? I tell them, you don't. (laughs) <laughs> it's literally harder to become a comic artist than a movie star or a rapper. Reason being, there's just less job openings. They hire like one comic artist a year, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I busted my ass pretty much my whole life trying to draw comics, and I've drawn a lot of comics, but to get any kind of success, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> so what are, what are some of the titles that you've, uh, that you've published? Well, I've... I don't publish them. I just do the drawing. Oh, okay. But, um, I've had, uh, I had a science fiction comic called Tales from the Void, and I had a, did a graphic novel called Rapid City. I've done other graphic novels and books for people, mostly for writers trying to break into the industry and self-publishing and trying to go to cons and get them, get noticed and everything like that. But, uh, Nothing really that you would ever see in a comic shop. Wow. Sounds good. Yeah. Hey, Caddy, what's the new on your side over at House of the Unusual? No, the usual, uh, just doing whatever I can to try to improve, and now we have better equipment. I just need to learn how to use it now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I know. We've we've got some um, some new equipment hopefully coming soon where we could, you know, bump up the quality of the podcast and – well, th- you want to give everyone a little insight of what kind of equipment you you have or you're going to well, be working um, on not getting out? Right now, I'm using the Roadmaster Pro. It's uh, it's the ultimate podcast machine, actually, for podcasters. Uh, what I'm trying to do, though, is um, the fact that all my co-hosts, like, for example, you, are way in a different state. I have to see how to, you know, the different ways to bring in people through different lines. In this one episode, I'm actually using a two-way call or three-way call in order to bring both you guys in because um, right now, for some reason, my iPad was not working with my phone. And, and I find that, in, but anyway, that's because I reset my phone. Um, so basically, to, to shorten it up, if, if there's any, if anybody out there hears any issues, just to blame it on you and send all hate mail to uh, House of the Unusual, courtesy of Eddie Guevara, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. Now, Wait, wait till you hear this topic here. We got the best man in the job for this calf with, with the mail order ads of the 1960s and seventies and early eighties. 
what is it? Give us your take of maybe possible ads that could have been used that were not actually used, but could have been great baits for mail order scams in the 1970s. And also in the 70s. But yeah, but one thing I want to ask you, but this is important to cap. Try to tell to your part of the story as to what you ordered, what happened to you, and if you can express what do you think made those ads so hot that you wanted to order from them. So Well, you know, for a kid or even a teenager, you see something like flashing eyes. Amazing. Sparks seem to shoot from your eyes. Only one dollar. You're thinking, my God, I'm going to shoot sparks out of my eyes. Someone comes up to bully me, and I, they're going to see sparks shooting out of my eyes. They're, they're gone. <laughs> and you're thinking, you know, they can't lie. No one, you know, they can't just lie, so that must really be true. Then you order it, and you get a piece of paper that says, glue some tinfoil on your eyelids, and when you're on stage, it'll make it seem like your eyes are flashing. <laughs> <laughs> and you're thinking, how's a 10-year-old kid going to get on stage? What are you talking about? And you're just like, but then the next one comes along, and it's like, um, you know, silent dog whistle. Okay, that'll be cool. We got a lot of dogs in the neighborhood. I can make my neighbors wonder what the heck's going on. Their dog keeps barking and running around in circles, and I'm over there, and they don't hear anything. You get the silent dog whistle, and you blow on it, and nothing. You keep adjusting a little screw, and <laughs> nothing. You're like, damn it, I got screwed again, and you throw it out in the field. You know, the Hercules wristband. Somehow a kid thinks, you know, shows this guy busting rocks with the hurt. You're like, you don't even think as a kid that there's no way a wristband can make you strong. But you believe somehow it can. Maybe it tightens up your tendons and then some suddenly you can crush rocks and you get this freaking leather wristband. You put it on and it's just like a watch band. <laughs> I wear it for a couple of days and... And you take it off and just put it in your drawer and you never wear it again. <laughs> but there's something about these ads. The kids would just keep buying and thinking this time it's got to be real, you know? And they were so, the things they promised were so magnificent that a kid would just like take the risk. Like, you know, Polaris sub. Okay. It's only six ninety five. How could it be a real submarine? But it says right there, have underwater adventures, shoot missiles. They can't just lie. This thing goes underwater. A submarine that goes underwater. Show you, you see the, you know, and it's this eternal hope that people have. And I guess you could analogize it with women that keep thinking they're going to find true romance and they keep hooking up with losers, but that doesn't stop them, you know. <laughs> it's it, it almost like these, uh, these mill orders that they should have had in the fine print, like especially for the sub, you know must use your imagination for underwater adventures. Yeah, but the thing is they wouldn't sell a single one. They had to sell. Exactly. And they did sell. And they promised it hopes that were beyond belief. Yeah. The, and the thing about I was going to say, uh, you know, I didn't mean that I caught you, but the, uh, the wristband, I, I had to laugh right now when you said that because especially with the weighted one that had the two weights on it, I used to think it would yeah. give you power. <laughs> I thought it would give me power. I thought – you know, the x-ray specs, they show a woman through her clothes. And actually, of all the, of all the novelty ripoffs, x-ray specs was, was probably the one that gave you the most for your money because it actually kind of looked like you saw bones and the girls would scream when you're in sixth grade looking at them. They'd all run around screaming. So you actually got something out of that. Silent dog whistle, nothing. Doesn't do anything. You know? Flashing yeah, I- eyes, what... What are you talking about? I'm going to glue tinfoil to my eyes and the sparks are going to shoot. No, 
I, How am I, I going to get on stage, bro? I can only imagine the, the parents' nightmare of their kids coming to them with glue tinfoil to their eyes. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, luckily, they didn't have super glue back then, or it could have become a real issue, right? Yeah. You know, Elmer's glue, okay, you can get that off. But. <laughs> what about crazy glue? Imagine if some kid put that on. Oh, my God. You know, the, the ironic part is I actually was on stage as an adult. I used to be a ballet dancer, and it never crossed my mind to do that. <laughs> I'm kicking myself. Like, I could have glued triangles on my eyelids while doing Capella or Nutcracker or something, and Maybe it would have flashed. Maybe people go, what the heck is that guy's eyes? Actually, the ballet director would probably stop. What's, what's on your eyes? What are you doing? You're wasting my time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Kev, what do you think could have been items that could have been used? Me and you had a long talk about that. It, it yeah, took, I wish I could remember everything. We talked well, about we this talked for like the, an hour. Yeah, we, talk, we talked about the tin cans with the string, how you described them. Remember that? Oh, and, right, right. Uh, you don't actually show the picture, so you say something like, communicate from a long distance, doesn't need batteries, have secret messages with your friend or neighbor. You can talk to your friend and make secret plans, and then it comes in the mail. It's just a piece of paper that says, you know, glue some string between two tin cans. Or, or, or the best People part is... People would have is, bought it, bro. Yeah, they would have bought it, but what about the one that you said about that, too? Uh, you can get tapped into. <laughs> you can what? You cannot get tapped. Like, in other words, if you're talking... Oh, right. No, yeah. no spies can tap your conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I was reading one book by Jersey Kaczynski. I don't know if it was true or not, but he tended to write about true things as a fictional, kind of as a fiction. And he said his friend made a fortune... He put ads in the papers all across the country, three original ticklers, $1, and it was three feathers. <laughs> Over. <laughs> yeah, we, I you know, and people bought them. And, of course, they were ticklers. What are, this is obviously some, you know, innuendo here. It's going to make my wife really happy with the ticklers. <laughs> nah, bro, you three feathers. Yeah, the, the the thing is that the way those hats were worded, it, it just people always fell for stuff like that. And um, yeah, and mostly kids. Let's be honest, but mm -hmm. I guess some adults would buy some of these products too. Well, they did know? very well. They did very well in the uh, you know basically the porn industry selling and ripping off adults just like they did kids. And you would think adults know better, but believe it or not, they didn't. Um, I was one of those that fell for both sides. Yeah, I mean, yeah, adults. <laughs> They had ads for adults, lose weight, gain weight, get muscles, get big hooters, increase your, you know, you know, adults you, bought that stuff. You would think uh, that with all the said and done for years, even to this day, you still go online and you got some guys selling testosterone boosters or, and they still right. go on because they're still ripping off people and people don't understand. Like for example, the beauty creams. That's all snake yeah. oil. The only thing yeah. beauty creams do, no matter how elaborate they are, how expensive they are, is they do a temporary um, tightening, tightening of the skin. Yeah. But once you wash it off, it's going to fall. It's not permanent. And but by the way, my mom had maybe 100 jars of that stuff. <laughs> they, they just would always buy them. This one's got to work, you know. Yeah, because you always have to hope for something more. It's the same thing with mail order. When you bought the dog whistle, if it didn't work, or you bought the, uh, you know, the the joy buzzer. In the joy buzzer, I always thought that you got an electric shock. 
They show of a course, guy jumping it shows up a lightning bolt shooting out of the guy's hand. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Joe, I think Joe fell for the X-ray glasses. He couldn't wait to have one of those. Right, oh, Joe? I, I love the X-ray glasses, man. But yeah, they wasn't really what I expected. But they, they still had a a neat little outcome, I guess. <laughs> I mean, at least it was an optical illusion that was interesting. Right. Like I said, that you know, the Hercules wristband was nothing. It didn't do a damn thing for you. you. Know, and, and there was a, there was another one that I, I, I got off of Eddie a few years ago. It was the snake in a can. Now, I remember the the uh, ads with, you know, somebody opening up the can and this huge giant snake, you know, coming out, you know, poised for attack on, on the on the boy's face. And when I got my, my can, you know, you could hear they got, you know, something in there that rattles. And when you open it, it's this, you know, cheesy little spring with some, uh, um, what is it, like some plastic over it. And just, you know, I think it was like green and brown design. Didn't even resemble a snake. <laughs> you know, well, I had a bad experience with the foam foaming lighter. Um, I thought, oh, this is great. A foam shoots out of the lighter. This is when I was an adult. I ordered it. Went over to my neighbor's house. I'm all, he was smoking. I'm out here. Use my lighter. He looked at it. and It looks kind of cheap because, you know, it's a novelty. He thought, what kind of lighter is this? So he went to light it and it shot him right in the eyes. Oh, and he's like, oh, and it was horribly painful. And I'm, I felt like an idiot. <laughs> oh, like, this man. is not funny at all, bro. It just shot shaving cream straight into his eyes. Oh, and man. so I like, I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. I don't want this thing anymore. And I got rid of it. You know, uh, that foaming light is funny that you said that. I saw quite a few. I just never realized that it could happen like that. Um, it will happen because when you light a cigarette, the lighter's pointed straight at your eyes. You know, try it sometime. There's really no other way to hold a lighter. I mean, I guess you could carefully point it straight upward, but people don't do that. You it, know, it's bad, man. It's bad news, and it shoots. It shoots out like freaking pepper spray, man. It's it, nothing to it get around with. It does. You know, it's Kevin, not a funny prank at all. No, I felt I'm, so bad, man. I'm going to tell you something though, Kev. And I, I and I got to tell you, the there are some tricks that did work and, and that were better than advertised. For example. I think the the one one of a kind all ever made I mean best trick ever made was the snowstorm tablets. Now, the reason they stopped making them obviously is because uh, later on they realized that the tablets were made of something poison and um the problem was that people could confuse them for small white aspirins. But I'll tell you yeah. one thing, when you put that on top of a cigarette, all you had to do is somebody, let's say in the room was smoking, you could have done yeah. it discreetly. You put it on top of the cigarette, not inside, just on top. And when it starts burning, the whole room gets filled with these flakes. And it's, Oh my God. I, I never, I never tried that. Oh one. yeah. I tried it one time in the lobby of a job where I worked in and the whole lobby got filled. And the guy who's there, the concierge looked at me and said, what the hell did you do, buddy? And I'm like, I don't know. What are you talking about, man? He goes, come on. It, the whole room was filled. It was hilarious. That one actually well, you know what else, was What funny. else worked was the exploding cigarette. You put that little wooden stake. Yeah, yeah. In the, and it, it makes a nice bang and blows up the cigarette. And also the smoke from fingertips. Well, That's this, a pretty nice illusion. It actually looks like smoke. It's, it's not smoke. It's like a sticky, fibrous thing that makes a smoke-like appearance. And that, that's pretty cool. It's it was one of the best selling things for SS Adams. Um, the other one that I would say, and I think Joe has had this, is the because um, you had the snake, um, 
You had also the the electric shocking pen and book. They were good, but you know what? The quality they always didn't work. They broke with the first drop. But the snake eggs. What was that? The electric shocking pen or the electric? Shocking oh yeah, book. because people drop them. Right, but the snake. And the same thing with the electric shocking lighter. My buddy had one. It gives you a real shock, and people drop it, and then it breaks. It breaks, right? So that that's the you can only back. do it on the carpet, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that that's the problem. You're not going to be able in every situation have a carpet. But the thing is, when when you think things like that, especially the snake in a you know snake envelopes uh, with the snake uh, eggs inside, that that yeah. really works. <laughs> that one works all the time. Well, you know what they make now, and I almost bought it. Is you snap your fingers and a flame ignites at your fingertips, and it's not a it's not a hoax. It really works. It's two chemicals that you brush on your fingers and let it dry. And then when you snap your fingers, it makes a flame. Yeah. That's uh that's what magicians use. They call it. I think it's, yeah. Like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, and I've also, I've done flash paper a lot. It's really amazing. People love to watch flash paper, but uh, <clears throat> I stopped ordering it because you, you can't, I found it. You can't order flash paper through the mail. Because you know, I got ignites. it in person. <laughs> I got it in person, so I didn't do anything wrong. But they, they, you can you can buy it on eBay and stuff. But technically, they're not supposed to ship combustibles like that through the mail. Yeah, he he would make it combust. In fact, I have some flash paper in my storage here, and I always put it like by the door, away from yeah, everything. Yeah, I got I got rid of mine finally. I'm like, this is probably something I don't want around in my house. You know. Basically, flash paper, believe it or not, you could make it. I'm not going to say how to make well, it. Well, I, I tried. I'm a, I was a chemist for nine years, and I tried making it in the lab. They say take filter paper and soak it in concentrated nitric acid, but it never works. So well, I'm not quite sure how you make it. But I, I know it's, it's got to be something simple. I know how. It's just like I said, I wouldn't uh, show okay. how. But you know something, since you are a chemist, you were, I guess you had, right, Joe? Tell me if he doesn't have the, the makings of a mad scientist. All he needs oh, is well, we also made a we made another thing, contact explosive, which is uh, I'm not going to say what it is. I guess I shouldn't. But you paint it on a surface and it dries, and anything that touches it, it makes a bang. <laughs> Those In fact, are- I made, I put a little chunk of it on a piece of wood and a fly landed on it. <laughs> yeah, it took a little chunk out of the wood. Do you remember the big bag, <laughs> the big bang cannons that they were very famous with Johnson Smith? They used to sell it all the time. Big Bang cannons that they were illegal in New Jersey and New York. I don't know why they didn't shoot anything, but you would put a chemical inside and then it, it would ignite like that. And it will boom. And it was really loud, man. It's like, um, it smoked, you know, those items, that's, that's the difference between now and then back then you could order all this stuff and get it. And there yeah. was really no problems. You know, now today, any item could really cause you a big headache, you know, that, you know, especially. Yeah, well, when you go to mail a package, they ask you, is there anything flammable, liquid, blah, 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 and the thing, <laughs> right? Or does it tick? <laughs> or does it tick? Yeah. <laughs> so, let me. So, let, I'm trying to remember some of the, we had some really great ideas for novelties that would have sold. Man, we talked you know? for almost two and a half hours. You know what I think the difference yeah. is that you th- you realize that you're in a podcast, and that's maybe why you're not. Maybe as that's old. it. Yeah, because I mean, you were so phenomenal the last time, I and mean, you still are. I mean, it was so funny the <laughs> stuff that you just rigged out of thin air, and I'm like, I couldn't stop laughing. And at that time, we were talking to a uh, I don't want to mention the name because we're not allowed to, but it was uh, one individual that was uh, it, you know in one of the famous TV channels and. 
we were talking for hours and you also bought some information that I wanted to ask you really quick a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about your background in comics? And I know you had mentioned that somebody actually stole your work. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Wait, I don't remember anything like that. Stole well, my work. No, not stole, but you remember uh, that you did something, they changed it and it was kind of like their stuff, but it was actually you who did it or I can't remember that one. You can't remember. Yeah. We were, to we were talking no. for a while. We were talking for a while on that, but uh, Joe, any questions? You know, I just wanted to bring up one of the uh, one of the other mail order uh, ads that I, I could remember that I always, you know, kind of wanted as a kid because I took martial arts when I was young was the uh, Count Dante, Deadliest Man Alive, you know, mail order. I wonder how many kids, you know, received that that package or, or whatever, or the pamphlet, whatever came with it read it and thought they were, you know, some kind of tough guy went out to, and started fights and, you know, got their butts whooped with that and were kind of disappointed with it. You know, same thing that would go along with kind of like the Charles Atlas thing and, you know, all the other ones that would make you a strong man or, you know, a martial well, expert. I remember the Yubi Wazin is that you can defeat someone with one finger and I know dang well what it was. And you actually can defeat someone with one finger. You jam someone in the eye as hard as you can with one finger, and they're done. You know? Yeah. Okay. Period. I don't care how big they are. You, it's actually better to use two fingers because they brace each other, so you don't want to break a finger. But you jam someone in the eye with fingers, they're done, man. Yeah. So that actually might work. But then again, you have to be able to do it. And if you miss, you're going to get whooped. You know, I, I want to make I want to make a mail order that says, you know, we'll, we'll put some big t tough guy on it, and we'll say how to take down any man at any size, no matter how big you are. And then you open up the pamphlet, and on one page it just says, "Kick them in the balls." <laughs> I, I mean, that work. that works. But then again, what if they turn? What if they turn their knee in and block your kick? What if they're quicker than you? Then you're, you're screwed. What about like well, you know, in James we're not Bond? About that. In James yeah, Bond, we're not yeah, about we would want to sell. We're just worrying about selling them. <laughs> yeah, but in James Bond, guys, remember, one of them had steel balls. What happens then? <laughs> then you break your instep. <laughs> then that's when you should have bought the other one that says, you know, how to poke a guy in the eye with one finger. <laughs> Listen, you bought, let me tell you, let me tell you guys something. You, you bought a, a topic out, Joe, right now, a few seconds ago about Count Dante, the deadliest man alive. Uh, very few people know. Not very few. Everybody who's ever read a comic book came across Count Dante. Uh, he was probably the most uh, popular, the most conniving, or whatever you could say, fraudster, fraud. And I'm saying fraudster. Oh, that, because that's exactly what he was, too, yeah. He was so good that what made him so popular is one time he challenged Bruce Lee. Now, I know his whole story. In fact, I, I wound up paying for that stupid book almost $150. Uh, when I first obtained it a while back, because as a kid, I never did actually order that. But one thing about him, though, is he made himself bigger than life. And people believed it because he just liked talking a tough show. You know what I'm saying? He would just go out there. He challenged Bruce Lee, which he knew Bruce Lee would not come out and actually fight him. But the challenge. I don't believe that story because I, I'm probably one of the world's most foremost experts on Bruce Lee. I've read every book he's written and every book of magazine about him. That, and that, if he was challenged to a fight, he'd be there in a heartbeat. 
No, he he did that. But remember, Cal Dante was all the way, I think, in New York and something, and Bruce Lee was in California. Trust me, Bruce I, Lee never refused a challenge. I know what you're saying in that, but with the story with him, I, I actually have a book on Cal Dante, and, I mean, it's a long story with him. He actually did send, or I think he wrote a challenge or something, but the point is what I'm trying to say, that he was a master manipulator in getting people to order his course. In fact... He sold thousands, even millions of dollars worth of mail order items through the 1960, uh, late 60s and 70s. The other one was obviously the famous Charles Atlas. You know, those pay, they're still running to this day. It's still in business. You know what, Eddie? I'm, I'm looking online right now, and it's, it's saying he never, he never challenged Bruce Lee, but he, part of his advertising was that he said that he worked out with Bruce Lee. Yeah, and Steven Seagal said that too, but... Yeah, that was that was part of his marketing, you know, to try to, um, I guess, maybe add some, you know, credit to, to his claim. I yeah, have to, I don't believe any of that. I because, have to ask that. I have to ask because I, I, I'm almost positive reading about some type of challenge. I got to see because they had like a picture of the actual ad. Of, I have to see because I have a book about Count Dante. It's actually specialized in, and written by a friend of his. That It's like a biography of his life story. So yeah, I I don't see him challenging Bruce Lee, but I could definitely the way his character was, I could definitely see him saying, "Oh yeah, I, I worked out with Bruce Lee. We're on first name basis." Yeah, um, you know, buy buy my my course because you know it's backed by martial arts that I know from Bruce Lee, and you know what kid wouldn't say, "Well, this guy must be legit." Then let's buy his garbage. <laughs> well, no, the thing is that he had the Black Dragon Society. Is that what it's called? I mean, it's yeah, Black was, Dragon Fighting Society. Yeah, and he was like a secret society that in order to be a member, the whole thing is that the book he sold in the mail did very well for him. And, and you know, the guy was a genius when it came to manipulating and writing ads. Uh, some people, I mean, let's say he was kind of like a modern-day, um, uh, what do you call this guy from uh, uh, Barnum and Bailey, Barnum, P.T. Barnum, a modern-day P.T. Barnum, you could say. But yeah, he was just—he was a, a huge fraudster, man. And but you know, his his books are going for crazy on on eBay. You know, they're you got to be kidding me, really? Oh yeah, yeah, they're, his, they're hundreds of dollars, man. Yeah, oh. his nineteen sixty eight original one, man. They're they're up from I think the cheapest ones one sixty five and unbelievable. What makes sense? Because stuff people would have thrown away. Yeah, yeah, well, they're still out there, man. See, the problem with anything like that is that again. Uh, anything people, especially a lot of people looked at that and they believe what they wrote, just like what Kaf has been saying. People at the time believed what they were doing. The stuff sounded too good to be true, but Hey, it's like Kaf says, ah, they're not They got to, you know, they got to put down the truth. They can't lie to us. Um, well, it's, it's like, you know, you, a kid's looking at the player sub and he's thinking this can't be true. But this other part of his mind is saying, but what if it is true? And it's that tiny thing that suckers always fall for. What if it is true? You know? Yeah. yeah that, there's that, that what if factor. And, you know, then I could see them saying, you know, thinking, well, I don't want my buddy to get it before I get it. And, you know, you order one and, you know, that you, you get the, the junk that you get, I guess. You know, I kind of believe that the sub was a real sub. I just, you know, back then, six ninety five was a lot of money. By the way, and I didn't have six ninety five, but 
it said right there in the ad that it goes underwater, and so I wanted to take it to the river, you know. <laughs> Good thing you did it. <laughs> Everybody did. Well, in fact, you know that they made a CSI New York, I think it was season four. I, I mean, this is I'm just throwing in in the ballpark. I, I don't remember, but I know it was something like season four, episode eight or 12, whatever. That you have to look up. I'm not sure if you if you have a computer there, you might have access to know which exactly what episode I'm talking about. Um, Joe, maybe you can look it up and tell us. But the thing is that they made one particular show where supposedly this guy was going to kill the magic shop owner who sold him the sub. And the reason for that was because when he was a kid and he bought the sub, his girlfriend, you know, and him went to the river and she drowned in it. So that's they, the dumbest story I've ever heard. But, Who's going to think a piece of cardboard is going to actually go in the river? Well, they made the show on it. They made that CSI based. You know on why it. they made it? Cause they didn't know what the sub was. Well, they didn't know. They thought it maybe was some kind of metal tube. They didn't do their research, man. Cause no one's taking a piece of cardboard box to the river and they're not drowning in either. Cause all you do is bust out of the cardboard. <laughs> yeah. I bet you they, they probably thought like kids that it was maybe thin sheets of metal or something. Yeah. That, that's bad yeah. script writing. Really, really bad. Actually, that, they didn't even do their research. But, but you know what? The people, I, I bet you 99.9% of the people watching it. They don't know either. They, they wanted the sub either, though. Yeah. They wanted the sub. That's why the sub got up in popularity again because of that CSI. Then they also had. Well, a- I'm surprised they. I'm surprised they didn't do a CSI where someone scared his wife to death with a floating ghost that was floating around the neighborhood chasing her. Oh, yeah, man. really. <laughs> well, wait a second. Then they'll go after me. <laughs> that that'll be on the next one of the the reality shows where they're like ghost hunter or something. And can you find you know, the they'll, Joe? They'll there's a there's a ghost in the room, and you'll see Eddie in the corner with the seven foot ghost trying to you know move it with the string. <laughs> well, I just remembered one of the. <laughs> Novelties I was thinking we were talking about Eddie was this remote con- remote control turn off lights switches anything in your room turn on washing machine this remote control takes no batteries you get it it's a piece of string <laughs> tie the string to the light switch and pull it <laughs> <laughs> that actually Jeez, oh man that actually could work. That could have worked because you just, you're selling the sizzle, not the steak. This remote control can, um, you know, and of course you have to put in the verbiage, like amaze your friends. They won't know how you did it. How did you, you know, I'm sitting on the couch and turn on your light from 20 feet away. Your friends will be totally astonished by these magic abilities of yours. <laughs> Give me a break. It's a piece of string. Let me oh ask- man, I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to buy some string and, Tell me some you can actually <laughs> make a lot of things out of string, you hey, know. Hey, Cav, what makes you so good at like writing? Because I know you rewrote for me a couple of ads, and when we were on the phone, well, I, I just, um, you know, I've always had a knack for words. Like, even like when I go to a movie, I'll come out of the movie and I remember all the the lines in the movie. My friends are all, "How did you?" You know, I'm re- saying verbatim lines from the movie that I just saw once. I've just always had a knack for words. And along with that comes the total inability. Like when I'm driving, I get lost going to somewhere I've been to 20 times. So I have one part of my brain that works extra good in memory and another part of my brain that doesn't work good at all. It's just, 
you know, the brain is a kind of a give and take, I think. Well, I mean, I can just read something and go, no, that doesn't, that's it. It just doesn't sound right. Let's word it this way. And I've always said, I'm not a writer. I just, I can't write uh, fiction. I just can't, I can't think up anything, but if you give me something to edit, if Hollywood only knew I existed, I could edit the living hell out of any script they send me. I see so many mistakes in movies like, Oh my God, the dialogue's horrible. The plot didn't fit together. Right. All it needed was a little rewrite. Good grief. You know, let me ask you a question. Could that be because of your years in teaching English that you No, I've always been that way. Ever since I was a kid, I was a, a good writer. I always got A's in English. How, how many, how many years did you teach uh, English? Well, I just taught for maybe 20 years. Oh, that's uh, that's nothing, man. That's almost like a day only, really. <laughs> yeah, it is. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Now, But that's the whole point. I could write those ads like, you know, I've sent Eddie many rewritten ads that, like the Seven Foot Monster and different things to make it even more amazing, to sell even more. Exactly. I could have written those ads like we would have sold, baby, because I wouldn't specifically lie, but you just word it so that the kid's imagination thinks he's getting something super awesome, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you. you know, in the wrote, flashing eyes, it, it did say sparks seem, sparks will seem to shoot out of your eyes. Would seem, it doesn't say yeah, Well, <laughs> seem, you know. Well, yeah. I could sell a book on how to pick up chicks. It will seem like you're meeting women right and left. Yeah, you never met a single woman, but you could say <laughs> it seemed like you did, you, I you, guess. You know what, guys? You, here's another thing. You guys are blowing my mind. See, here's the whole thing, uh, Joe. When me and Calf talk and stuff, we're both like in the same genre, basically, in year, years. He's yeah, a little older. But, exactly. But we go back to the time. There was a book that I fell for. I forgot all about that, How to Pick Up Women. And there was another book entitled How to uh, Make Love to a Single Girl, something like that. Those books, and it was like really bad pickup lines, right? It was, you know what? But you swore after you read the book that you were a perfect uh, gigolo. It didn't quite work that way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the thing that guys don't understand about picking up chicks is, number one, pickup lines just don't work ever. You got to talk to them like a freaking human being, you know? Yeah, don't, don't you got to pick up lines you read in books or see on for sure not that, but like, I mean, I I I was kind of a lazy man when I was younger, but there's really nothing you can say if you see a woman you're attracted to across the room. There's nothing you can say to her. You can't walk up and say anything. You're going to look like a loser no matter what you say. So you you just can't pick up women that way. It's got to kind of fall in your lap. Or if she smiles at you and gives you an invitation to come over and say hi, that's another thing. But these cold calls to women, you got to realize any attractive woman gets hit on maybe 20 times a day. You're going to get nowhere with a pickup line. Exactly. You know something that's so funny that, you know, kind of, and Joe, this is funny when you mentioned before, because you got now bringing things back to me. Uh, That book, actually, the one I'm telling about how to pick up women sold over a million copies at the time. I unfortunately, I, I lost mine in the fire when I had the storage facility back in 1995. But that goes to say that, uh, you know, anything you tell a person, if you say it many times over, eventually they believe it, regardless what you're telling them. Because people will tend to do that. But the thing is, though, like, like P.T. Barnum, what made P.T. Barnum so famous? He kept, like he said, there's a sucker born every minute. No matter what, people will always think 
that they ha- that you or somebody has a better thing for them, or and especially when you sell things in mail order. It's going to make you look good. It's going to give you power. It's going to make you attractive. You're going to drive a big car. In reality, that's all fake. And that's how the multi-level marketing companies today generate so much revenue. They usually take doctors, people in high end, and then those people start going to a group meeting and they start telling her, look at the car I drive. I've been a doctor for 20 years. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it, well, you know, the, I, I think a part of that, that too, it goes back to, you know, the propaganda from World War II. I think it was Joseph Goebbels who said, if you tell somebody a lie enough times, they start to believe it. So these companies would put in their, you know, the comic books, the, the same ads that were lying to kids. And if you're, you know, a kid and you, you're reading, you know, 10, 20 comic books a week or a month and you keep seeing this lie over and over and over, eventually you're going to start to, you know, maybe believe it and think, well, I'm going to need, I need to buy this. Well, for something like nutritional supplements, um, what they do is they throw out a bunch of science words and people don't, most people don't know any science. So they start hearing about this product will lower your pH and lower pH means more electrons and electrons is what your body runs on. What the hell are you talking about? You lower the body's pH by even a minute fraction. You're dead. And no, the body doesn't run on electrons. It's not a. It's not a freaking radio. You know, a lot of body. Like your body has to get rid of electrons. It's called the electron transport cycle. That's the whole reason you breathe. Oxygen takes the final electron. But here's these people. They read it. Oh my God! I'm going to get more electrons if I take this supplement. I'm going to have more energy. So you're getting people who don't know a subject. You throw a bunch of big science words at them, and they. It's just they're so gullible in the nutrition business. There's so well, many well, fake nutrition. Just like just like anything, you throw out those 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 buzzwords that grab people's attention. And, yeah, you know they do that with headlines now. You know they'll put a few buzz buzzwords in the headlines, and you're getting these people that are just reading headlines and not the full article, and then trying to base their argument or their facts off of a headline. Well, you you just fell for the buzzwords, not the you know the facts that are in the article, and. You know, that's been in marketing for, for decades. Well, this I read this one book called Siberiad, and one of the characters in the book, this is like a true story, he would go around interviewing different people, and this one girl, was she was selling smoothies with crushed up crystals in it because crystals give you cosmic energy, and it's really, 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 really good for you. You're drinking sand. <laughs> crushed up crystals of sand. It's not going to do anything for you, you freaking imbecile, but, oh, my God, crystals? Yeah, crystals and auras and, and cosmic energy and, you know, positive karma. And people believe that crap. That you know how you many know, people... You know, my moon is in Jupiter, so let's do this. But you know how yeah, many you, people you do those, this? I'm sorry. How many people... You get those buzzwords, just like, you know, you go back to, to you know, the Count Dante ad, and it's the deadliest man alive, and someone says, yeah, I could be the deadliest man. I could be... I could be that the deadliest man, and but you know, yeah. And you're prom- by the way, you're promising something they really want. They want to be able to beat up every man in the world. They want to be able to see through women's clothes. They want to be able to look through walls. Uh, you know, that, you're selling the fantasy of you it. shoot sparks from your eyes. I really, really wanted. I'm a kid. I really wanted to shoot sparks from my eyes. I mean, who, so who, you're, you're holding this didn't thing. Want to. <laughs> You know, you're, you're promising something they really, really want. 
smoothie and creams, nutritional supplements, lose weight. It's something people really want. So they, they right out of the eight, you got a customer who wants to believe you, <laughs> you know, a used car salesman would die for that. You got a customer coming in to buy a car that wants to buy your car, no other car, your lot. <laughs> and so, you know, people, there's no longer uh, really a market for comic book novelties, but there's a huge market for nutritional supplements, weight loss, meet women. Yeah, that's the big thing now. Grow hair, you know, all these you're things. Pounds with this pill and you don't have to work out. One thing I'm going to tell you guys, when I sell, because of all the new regulations that are out there, not that I think they're protecting anybody, but I always make sure that I tell people I'm selling novelties from the 70s for entertainment purposes. I keep yeah. the idea behind it. I use the same inflated uh, product things from it. It doesn't yeah. mean it works. You know, you just got it. But let me tell you, though, Calf. A lot of people today will fall, even for the novelty items. Because if you come up there and you say, this ring has magic powers, I could tell you this much. People buy them. People buy them because they feel that by wearing a good example, the magnetic bracelet. Are you kidding me? They sold millions of those a few years ago. Yep, yep. What is magnet going to do to you, man? Nothing. Can, it can do nothing to your body. You're a biologist. You know that. But people think. Magnetic. You know, we are in the Earth's magnetic field, so we have all the magnetism we need if it really helped us. You, you'll be living forever. You know, it does it's, it's. And by the way, if magnetism was so incredible, anyone who got an MRI would pop out of the MRI machine. They'd be freaking Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. You know how powerful an MRI machine is? Oh, my. <laughs> Spider-Man. Well, we used to, I used to work at an MRI center, and you take a quarter and, and set it on its edge in an MRI machine, and it slowly falls over. Really? Because there's a tiny amount of iron in a quarter, a tiny amount of iron. But the, the magnetic field is so strong that it actually interacts with that tiny amount of iron, and the quarter will just slowly fall over. If you took a hammer and held it out in front of you and approached an MRI machine, it would shoot right through a piece, a piece of plywood. No problemo. Wow. Well, uh, Joe. Uh, I had to take a safety course before I even came near that MRI. Well, th that's so, good for Joe. You're telling Joe a good story. He likes the, uh, the strange, the dead, the spirits. Hey, Joe, here's your chance. You go buy an MRI machine. You bring a quarter. You said to somebody, "Look, the spirits of the whatever around here," and the quarter slide. Well, you'd the have to the, <laughs> before they came anywhere near the MRI machine. You have to get the keys out of their pocket, take their wallet out, so their all their credit cards are out. Well, Ask them if they've ever grinded metal, so there's no metal in their eyes. Do they have a pacemaker? I mean, you don't want to kill anyone. But once you got all through that, then you could say, "Yeah, look, I have magic powers. Watch this quarter slowly fall off its edge." What did well, you everybody out there listening, you know, go to our donation portion and, and you know donate to my uh, my MRI machine fund so we could play with quarters and hammers and you well, know I can have Eddie stand there holding a, a thin board and I, I hold a hammer out. Well, wait a second. <laughs> right now, Cap, just answer a question. I never understood yeah. why. Why do they tell you if you ate metal or what, whatever you said before when you go to get an MRI? Well, let's say you were a grinder. You'd work with grinding metal right. in a shop. Right. And you got a little particles of metal embedded in your eyeballs. And you walk past an MRI machine, and those particles of metal just shoot right through your skull. What? And kill you. 
You're kidding. Wow, that's crazy. It will shoot, you know, if you, let's say you have a tiny sliver of metal in your eye. Now, if you walk forward towards an MRI, it'll just pull it right out of your eye and you might have a bleeding eye. But if you, if your head turns the other way and it shoot, it'll shoot right through your skull, a tiny sliver of metal. It, you cannot stop an MRI. It's too strong. Wow. That's why, because I've always gotten used to like, do you have it? Like, for example, I had a hernia operation and they put this clips in me. And they asked me, do you have clips? But I think they made it titanium. I don't know if that's going to go with the... But that's why I never realized that. You just blew my mind today. You guys have yeah. brought back memories I haven't had in a while, man. So, I mean, guys, donate to Joe. Uh, Joe wants to buy an MRI machine. He's got a lot of spirit. Well, seances. just go and say, you don't have to buy anything. Just say, I'm interested. I'm going to have an MRI. Can I look at the machine? And... Most places will give you a tour of the MRI machine. No, no, but we need it's Joe not, so he can do his seance and stuff, you know? Yeah, you can do it. If you had an MRI machine and you could do a seance, but like I said, you have to clear all your personnel first. You don't want to kill anyone or wipe out the, you know, the first time I, I was working there, my friend said, give me your credit cards. And I thought she was kidding. Like she wanted my credit cards. I'm all, ha ha, funny. I walked out there. It cleared my credit card, the magnetic strip wouldn't work anymore really yeah it cleared my debit card my atm card everything was completely cleared i had to order new ones oh my see joe if you want to clear a hard drive well actually you couldn't clear a hard drive that way because it gets sucked into the machine and smashed but maybe if you stood a little ways remember that scene in breaking bad where they made the giant magnet to wipe all the computers clean in the police uh evidence room did you guys see that scene no, I've never watched Breaking. Uh, yeah, they made it. Yeah. They took a uh, a junkyard magnet that picks up cars, and they hooked it up with a bunch of batteries inside of a big truck, and they they turned that baby on, and the truck tipped over and stuck against the wall, and it, all the items in the evidence room started flying towards the wall, and all the computer drives were cleared. Well. They oh, used to crazy. have Eddie. I think we need to get a big, a big uh, magnet now. No, well, here's one thing, you guys. I, I, Calf knows this. I don't know if you know Joe because you might be too young. But when I was uh, with VHS, when VHS and Betamax came out, they used to sell it looked like an uh, an iron to iron your clothes, but it was really a small little iron, and it was a magnet, and you used to use it to let's say erase your tapes. You would have to rub it on the tape, and that was it. So, yeah, I've, that's I've right. Never seen that. Oh, yeah. You can even see on eBay. They probably have some old ones. But that's how, because they're magnetic tapes. So in order to, even a recording cassette tape, those uh, old-fashioned reel-to-reels, if you have a magnet, you get, here's one good example of what magnets can do. One time in, in a job years ago, 1990s, uh, one of the ladies has a computer monitor. This is now like 96, 97. So, you know, you got Windows uh, 95, whatever on it. And what happened is she had one, they gave her one of those business cards that were magnetic and she attached it to the top of her monitor and she called a repair because the monitor had this strange rainbow type of lines on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it happened to my friend. He had a color television and back in this, in the nineties, uh, they used to sell this cube. They called it the floating cube, which was is a square cube about maybe four inches in diameter square. And you would put your photos, but it had a magnet on top and bottom. And then the, the cube had an invisible uh, fishing line holding it up and it floated in the air with your photos. And the way it was because it had a magnet. So 
the lady put it in her, you know, entertainment center right above the TV, but not on top of the TV, the shelf above. But the t- it has such a strong magnet that it draws the color of the television yep. up to the tie, and she called the repair guy. So the guy comes we in. We used to do that when we were kids. We'd hold a magnet up to the TV and just for fun. Well, that's how they used to adjust the colors when you used to call the yeah, repairman. Yeah, and that- they would come there was with a, a little white thing. You uh-huh. plug it in, it had a, a red probe, and you wipe it around the screen, and it somehow cleared, did, made the picture better. It made the picture better. That's how they used to uh, uh, basically calibrate your televisions. Yeah. But here's the funny thing about it. I was there when the repairman come in, and he goes to the lady, here's your problem. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it cost her like $60, though. That's the funny well, thing. So I had to pay a hundred dollars when my engine light came on and it was just that I hadn't tightened the gas cap. Oh yeah. I've been through that one too. You know? <laughs> and oh. by the way, they should tell you right off the bat when you come into the shop, have you tightened your gas cap? That's the first thing you should do when your engine light comes on. You know, a, lot, a lot of them, a lot of them do that now. Cause that, that happened to me uh, about a year ago or so. Yeah. I called in for it and they asked, they said, well, did you check your gas cap? And that's actually how I found it. I'm like, well, I no, guess I did it. This was in 2004 around there, so maybe they weren't hip to it or the engine light system was new or something. But, yeah, I had to pay 100 bucks for that. Oh, I, that's great. I, this uh, is yeah. up the gas cap. The funniest thing is I go into there, there was this Indian uh, in a gas station, and he spoke very little English. And I kind of got mad because I have a – this happened a couple of months ago. I was kind of, like, embarrassed myself, but – because I'm like, where the hell did this guy take with my, you know, what he do with my gas cap, man? I just put gas and he didn't put it back on. I didn't realize that the cars now come in with their, they have no cap. <laughs> you just opened. <laughs> oh, I, Eddie, I just remembered another one of our novelties. Go ahead. Bring it out. Animal master. Make animals come to you. They will circle around you like crazy. Like you're some animal, your aura will attract them. Make dogs, cats shoot over and hover and you got, you, you got me sold. You got me sold. What is yeah. it? Here it is. You get a piece of paper. Put a piece of meat in your hand and hold it up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, find out, Joe. You have dogs, don't you? You have a couple. <laughs> See if you yeah. have magic powers, dude. Put some dogs. You know what? Funny that you said that a few, oh, about maybe 10 years ago at my, my old house, it was during Christmas time, and we just, I, I just, put all the Christmas decorations in the living room and I put the, the stockings up by the fireplace. So we used to do one for me and my, my girlfriend at the time with my wife now and all of our dogs. I think we had seven or eight at the time, but we put a stocking up for each dog. And so I was looking for the one dog and I, she's over there sitting by the fireplace and she's looking at the stocking. So I took a picture of it and you know, I put it on it, you know, peanuts waiting for Santa Claus. And she kept just sitting there by the, by the stockings, just staring at them. And I'm like, what the hell is she staring at? And it was going on day after day. Here, oh, my God. Here, there were some treats in one of the stockings from the year before that was sitting at the bottom, and she smelled it and was oh my God. there waiting for them. Oh, oh I just thought of another one. Short, become the tallest man in the room. This amazing system will make you the tallest man in the room. You get it in the mail. It's a piece of paper. It says, Hang around a bunch of short people. (laughs) (laughs) 
I like that's kind of like the one with the. Uh, I I always laugh at this because this actually did happen, and the guy got fined by the. I don't know what exactly happened to him, but uh, he uh he sold uh elect uh clothes dryers powered by the sun uses no space and uses yeah. No, it was yeah, the, the close solar powered clothes dryer exactly. And it's a piece of string. No, it was yeah, close light dryer. <laughs> How about this? Increase your IQ, become smarter, so much smarter than you are now. This amazing system will actually make you smarter. You get it in the mail. It says, read the entire Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and you need to start marketing these. <laughs> no, no, that that's what we amazing were. IQ system. Yeah, you know, and the funny thing is that that stuff works. That's why we were talking, me, Kevin, and the um, the other individual I had mentioned, and we were there. And I think you guys actually we went for three and a half hours on the phone, Kev. Yeah, and I it was it was so awesome. I you know I, there's no way you can ever recover a conversation, no, no, unfortunately. You, and you know what's so funny because you did so well because you knew you weren't being recorded, like you said. Yeah, and it we was, had so many of these type ideas. But you know, I think the biggest ripoff of all time was the the man from Uncle See Through Walls. Oh yeah, and I almost ordered that damn thing. Luckily, I didn't. But my God, this shows him with—he's just holding something against the wall like an X-ray scope, and you think he has an X-ray scope, and you can just move it around and look. No, it says drill a hole in the wall with the enclosed drill, and then <laughs> put this peephole through the wall. Your mom won't care. <laughs> what oh. the? Number one, you only see one room, one part of one room. That's so funny. Give me a break, man. You know something That's funny? funny. I, I bought one on eBay a few years ago because I wanted to get it. I paid like $119 for that stupid thing. All it really is yeah, is the size of a pen. How about this? It, this would only work in the old days. See-through doors. Using this amazing system, you can see through doors, see what's going on, do spy spy techniques on, and then you get the thing that says, "Look through the keyhole." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely have to have one of those old uh, skeleton keys. That's what I'm saying because when I was a kid, we had keyholes in our house. We had an old house, and we did peek through the thing. Yes, you can see, but you got to market it. You, you know, yeah. Let, oh, let, yeah. let me tell you something. There's a guy on, on, um, he's, he's got a, he's a famous guy. He does podcasts, a lot of political podcasts. Uh, he looks, he's Arabic, but he looks like Hispanic. I forgot his name right now. I think it's Joe something, but this guy had, uh, some guy named Max who was the most wanted FBI mortgage broker or something that he stole millions of dollars with mortgages. And I was listening to the entire podcast. This guy was amazing how he would actually write mortgages on houses oh he bought God. for fifty thousand, and and the other guy's looking at him. The guy who's interviewing him, he's like, "Are you kidding?" And he goes, "Yeah." He says, "I did it all the time, over and over." Listen, if you know how to word things right, whatever you yeah. write down, there's a good chance that somebody is going to believe you. Somebody's yeah. going, and and it's crazy because that is where it's sad that so many people get taken in. But you would think, you would think that as humans, we would say, "Hey, you know, like a dog." You say you take a dog and you burn his nose. He's not going to go back to where his nose got burned. No, he knows. But a human, well, you know what? Is stupid. They'll do it over and over again. You know what? I I work in law enforcement, and I see a lot of times that these people that fall for the um. The email scams where yeah. they say, I'm a, I'm a prince somewhere, send this money. And how many yep. people 
will actually say, and, and it's not just older people. It, it's, no. You know, people in their 20s and 30s that are sending these people money, it's all because of how it's worded. It's worded in a way that they actually believe it. Well, I've read a lot about this, and they, and you get those, and you go, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Who could fall? And, they, and I've, I've heard they purposely make it so stupid, like, hi, I am Prince Nungambi Nwachindo. My father, Prince Dalab, and I tr- trust, love, and trust. And it's like, what idiot? And they don't want it to be a smart letter because they want it, their victims have to be stupid. So it automatically weeds out any time-wasting people. You're only right. hitting the bottom of the barrel, idiot. Well, one and of they the- figure if they send out, you know, you send out a hundred thousand emails, you're going to get, you know, even if you get, get two, one. yeah, one yeah. or two people, you're going to, and that that could be a hundred thousand dollars. Let me, right. t- let well, me, hey guys, you know? it, we are uh, we're coming down to the bottom of the podcast here. We got okay. Let me let me give you my last novelty. Are you ready? Yeah. Open any door. You don't need any locksmithing skills whatsoever with this amazing system. You could open any door. You get in the mail, it's a piece of paper. Take a sledgehammer to the door. (laughs) (laughs) That will definitely work. (laughs) You know, actually, and I'm going to say, because I think we're about the last four minutes on the podcast here. We need to, there was. Yeah, let's wrap it up with our our final thoughts here. The, what I was going to say, the one that I find the funniest and I keep finding funniest is that some rich man, I, he was an aristocrat or something in Europe, and uh, somebody sold him steaks in the George, in the uh, Brooklyn Bridge, and then he went on to sell him steaks in the Alf- Eiffel Tower, the same guy. And the reason they never prosecuted the guy is because the guy who fell for it was embarrassed. And he, he let didn't want to press <laughs> Unbelievable. Did you, did you see the one recently? There were... I can't remember what state it was, and, and the guy's going, I think, through, he has it through litigation now, but he bought a piece of property, and I don't know how it was worded that it was this pristine, you know, piece of land that nobody's built on it, and, you know, he, he ended up getting the deed and everything, bought it, I think, for $15,000, you know, because it was a deal, and here it was like a, um, a strip of grass between two houses, and the strip was like, I think it was like four inches wide and like 20 feet long, something like that. And it actually, in, there's a picture of it. You could find it online. There's a picture of it, you know, nestled in between these two houses. And then it runs along the driveway. And the guy, you know, he's taken the, the people through, you know, the court system, you know, to say that he was, you know, kind of shystered out of it. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, there was, a, there was one story in Strange Adventures. It was the man who sold the earth. And he sells the earth to these aliens, and he's, you know, he's tricking them, selling the earth. But it turns out they paid him with jewels, but it was really hyper-frozen space, in space water. Oh, right. <laughs> so they ripped each other off, and that was the story in Strange Adventures. Well, hey, we are down to the last minute and a half, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up here. Yeah, All right, guys. Good talking to you. Yeah, I want to thank you for, for coming on. And, uh, Eddie, thank you as usual. Everybody out there listening. Thanks for listening. You know, subscribe to our podcast. Send us over a five-star review if you, you like what you hear. Uh, head over to houseoftheunusual.com. We have a free form there, a uh, free email list to sign up and um, join our forum. There's a, a spot on there you can interact with, you know, with some like-minded people. And, you know, also give us some ideas of what you want to hear each week. And if you want to be a guest, 
you know, let us know too. And also check out on YouTube, House of the Unusual. Uh, Eddie's always uploading new videos there. We have two new videos that just came in, a, uh, an unboxing that I did and a, uh, another unboxing that Todd Mason did. So check that out. Head over on to Instagram as well uh, under House of the Unusual and um, check out some cool photos on there. And, Again, thanks, everybody, for being on the podcast, and thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Good night. Night.